Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next, on the OHIO podcast, we update everyone on the happenings in fall camp for the Buckeyes. We review the commitment of one Jaden Bonsu, and we host our fourth annual Buckeye Fantasy Football Draft. And we continue our tour days with the previews of Rutgers and Wisconsin. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from North Central Ohio, where I'm joined by not one, but not two, but three co-hosts today for our big-time OSU Buckeye Fantasy Draft. I am joined by Chris Wilds from Marion, Ohio. Say hey, Chris. Hey, guys. All the way from the state up north, it's the Monk, Jason Monk. Say hey, Jason. How you guys doing? And from that beautiful state of Texas where I'm sure it's warm and hot and he's just going to rub it in our faces, that's Sergeant MVP for all of you, Aaron Brown. What's happening tonight, Aaron? Oh, not much, but you are 100% correct. I think it was like 98 today, first time in like three weeks it hasn't been 100. (laughs) Man, we didn't even get, get to 70 today here in Ohio. I'm jealous. It's probably snowing up there in the state up north. I don't know. It's a <laughs> uh, no, we, we hit uh, 75. <laughs> wow, you were hotter than we were today. Man, <laughs> Christmas. All right, guys. Here we go with today's <clears throat> show. Uh, uh, if you've been tuning in if you, to the OHIO podcast, you know how this goes. If you're new, by the way, welcome. We're glad that you uh, tried us out. We are continually growing. This is going to be our fourth season here. On the OHIO podcast, we keep climbing those rankings and we keep getting more and more listeners. And we're so thankful for each and every single one of you crazy Buckeye fans like us. And we're thankful that you came in and we hope you enjoy it. All right, guys, let's talk about today's boom. Chris, you said it a few weeks ago. This is becoming a trend on Sundays before we record. There seems to be another recruit makes 
his commitment to Ohio State. No different again today. Jaden Bonsu from New Jersey decides he's going to be a Buckeye. Apparently, we swept, kind of swept in and stole him from the Hurricanes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Jaden Bonsu, Chris? Well, Eric, Jaden Bonsu is a 6'1", 210-pound four-star safety out of St. Peter's Prep in Hillside, New Jersey. The 247 Sports Composite gives him a player rating of 0.9099, and I have him listed as the 259th best player in the cycle. He is the 22nd best safety and the fourth best prospect prospect out of the state of New Jersey. As you mentioned, Bonsu's top three included Miami University and, of course, Sparty. And we got him. He's going to be a Buckeye. So let me tell you guys a little bit about what I see in him. And what I see is Ronnie Hickman 2.0, another New Jersey guy. He's a very physical safety with speed and coverage skills to play any of the safety positions. He's got the physicality and the frame that if he added a few pounds, he could play linebacker. Very solid tackler with great technique. He wraps well. He is the point of impact on his tackles seems to always be between the waist and the shoulder pads. So he's hitting you right in the middle and taking you down. And most importantly, he does not seem to miss tackles. He has pretty good hands and uses those hands pretty well. He can create turnovers via the interception and the strip. Tips a lot of passes as well. Has great instinct. Jumps routes. His eyes are always in the backfield. And when you've got a defensive back, that's definitely what you want. And it doesn't matter whether it's a run play or a pass play. I mean, those eyes are focused in the backfield. He plays with good length, has decent speed, and again, just so physical. Uh, he is more than capable of both being a stopper in the run game and in co- you know in coverage. I think this kid is a really, really good addition, and he really seems to be in that kind of We've gotten, it seems like, into that kind of rhythm with getting these type of safeties. If you look at Ronnie Hickman, Court Williams, very much the same. Sonny Styles, they just bring a ton of versatility to that defensive backfield. I think he's going to be a great get. All right. Thank you, Chris. Aaron, I'm going to go over to you next. I'm sure you're like me. You watched that film, and you probably started salivating. Uh, I think the dude's an amazing tackler, but what did you see in his film? Uh, so... Looking at him, so, okay, on 247 Sports, you scroll down, it'll show you, like, the players' uh, social media feeds and things that they have posted recently. There's a picture of him with no shirt on, and he is built like a grown man. Like, he's got an eight-pack. The dude is chiseled. Like, he is physically more mature than, than I'd say, nine nine out of ten of the recruits that you see come in. Um, he's a vicious hitter, like you guys are saying. Quick reaction time. He reads the ball well. Uh, he plays at a good level, in my opinion. Um, I feel like there was a couple things that I saw that that you know he's going to need to develop as he comes into Columbus. Uh, like for example, I saw one play on his on his film where there was a crossing route that he picked up with the quarterback rolling out. Well, he abandoned the wide receiver to pursue the quarterback leaving that receiver wide open on the sideline. Well, the, in college, that's not going to work, okay? That's that, that's just – that's not how this game gets played. So how many times have you seen a linebacker do that? He gets caught between a receiver and the quarterback. He goes after the quarterback, and the quarterback just floats it right over his head, and it's a big game. Well, that's, that's the kind of fire you're playing with when you do things like that. So um, I think sometimes he he looked a little bit out of position – 
now that could owe to the zone. They were playing a lot of zone from what I saw, uh, especially out of the safety spot that he was in. But on the bright side, he did get to where he needed to be. So he's using his athleticism uh, in his favor. Uh, but he is a solid tackler and he is a hard hitter. This this guy's not going to come in and, and start right away. I'd say he's probably a year two or year three starter given talent that's ahead of him. But I'm with Chris and you, Eric. I think this is a good get, and I, I can't wait to see how this guy develops because he does remind me of Ronnie Hickman. What about his length, Aaron? 6'1", 210. Um, <clears throat> that seems to be like a, a decent length for a safety, yes? Uh, Yeah, that's – I mean that is a solid – defensive back playing size yes absolutely especially when you you are built the way he's built and hits the way he hits yes absolutely jason with that length and size and and there is the the rumor out there and chris mentioned this that he could be one of those guys that they bring down in the box and maybe even becomes a linebacker i think about like steel chambers former running back former running running back turned linebacker same thing with chip uh uh, he's uh, the transfer from um, Arizona State. Uh, he was a running back for the Sun Devils, but Ohio State was recruiting him <clears throat> out of Northeast Ohio to be a linebacker. He didn't want to be. Now he's a Buckeye and he's a linebacker. He's another guy with an eight pack. Um, what do you think, Jason, about these recruits at Ohio State's kind of getting that you could say, hey, we want you to be a safety, but if you outgrow or you become larger, you can fit into that linebacker. Do you think that's a good idea as a recruiting kind of, uh, I guess you could say, plan or strategy? I think it's good all the way around because it can only help them, you know, especially if they're wanting to get to the NFL. That just gives them even more positions that they've got covered. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, tell, I tell my son the same thing with baseball because, you know, it's like you don't if you don't get the spot you want. Oh, well, learn everything. And then you're going to just keep making it no matter where you go, because you're going to know how to do everything. <laughs> like, you, I think it's very smart. You know, and that brings up a good question, Jason, with versatility. And I'll flip it back to you, Chris, because you started this conversation and I'll let you finish it with versatility, though. Sometimes I think I do think it's a good thing, Jason. I agree with you. But sometimes I think you might get in that position where you're good at a lot of things, but not great at one thing. And you can maybe get lost in the shuffle. Uh, I've seen some guys from Ohio state do that. And I think of like maybe Kate Stover, this this is his fourth year with the team. And he, it seems like he finally found a home at tight end, but man, that guy went from linebacker to uh, tight end to defensive end to, to tight end back to linebacker now back to tight end again. Do you think that there's sometimes when you get that player who has so much versatility that the coaches kind of like, they don't really know where to put him, So they put him where, where maybe he's needed the most, but that might not be where he would fit the best. I think that there is always a danger of that happening, Eric, but at the same time, I put that on the coaches, not the player. And if you look, and I was going to bring this up here in our next segment a little bit, you know, sometimes you need that versatility. I mean, let, let's look at, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it that last week. I was planning to touch on it a little bit this week, and that's the cornerback depth. I mean, that's a perfect example of you, you can never have too many guys that uh, have the ability to move around because if you get bit by that injury bug, that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, you are a former coach, so I, I guess I said I was going to give Chris the last statement, but I, I got to ask this question. 
as a coach, you, you hearing what Chris and I were talking about there, Jason, shed some light on this for us. What is the coaching staff maybe thinking when they get a player like this and then there's a, a, a dire need on a position and, you know, it's like, hey, I've got this Swiss Army knife here. He might be better at this position, but I need him here. As a coach, what do you, what's the thought process in that? I mean, it, it's you're looking to fill a role. You know, and, and of course you want the best 11 on the field at all times. You know, maybe uh, it's like Steel Chambers. You know, you switch him from running back to linebacker and he ends up being one of the best ones in the room. Uh, you just you don't know until you try it out. So when you have a, a dire need at one spot and you have a guy that's versatile, bring him on down. You know, you got to You got to try. It's kind of plug and play sometimes. It's just how it is. Beautiful. All right, let's go on to our next segment. And Chris, you mentioned it. You were excited to talk about it. So let's start there. We're going to talk about things that jumped out to us in the week two of fall camp here. Uh, You know, this was the first official week. They did have a scrimmage yesterday at Ohio Stadium. It was lock and key. No one was allowed to be there except for family members uh, and and apparently Bobby Carpenter. (laughs) If you follow him on Twitter, he was there. Um, But uh, what little things have leaked out is kind of interesting, but this week in general, there was a lot of interesting things. So what jumped out at you, Chris, from fall camp this week that you'd like to talk about? Well, I think, uh, and I, I touched on it there that, that being the corner depth, uh, cornerback depth, being a little bit of a concern, you know, Ryan day said it's one of his top three concerns. Uh, you know, we've only got six scholarship corners and we got a lot of these guys that are dinged up right now, not able to practice. Maybe they're returning from injury. Last week we saw a kicker out there this week. It's been, uh, Cameron Martinez and uh, uh, Jansen Dunn a little bit. We've seen uh, uh, J.K. Johnson out there a little bit. So, you know, we, we've we really got uh, possibly a situation with the corners. I mean, we know we got Denzel Burke, and as long as he's healthy, we're great there. And I think that Cam Brown, once he gets back in there, is going to be, you know, tremendous as well. But that that is definitely, I think, a, a position of concern given the depth we have there right now. Yeah, absolutely. Cameron Brown's they're calling it a pitch count is what it yes. sounds like. So he's good. He's going to be good, but they don't think he's going to be able to play a whole game. It certainly seems like or they're trying to get more depth because they're just afraid of another injury there with him. You know, I think is it Jordan Hancock that was injured? Yes, Jordan uh, Hancock just went. Yeah. Down. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a concern. You mentioned uh, J.K. Johnson, uh, the redshirt freshman, getting some time there. Then you got two two freshmen, true freshmen, and Jair Brown and Ryan Turner. I mean, how much can you really and, count on a true freshman? And actually, so, they, they were getting second team reps. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, and, it, you know, that's something that tells you a lot right there when you've got two true freshmen and they're taking the second team reps. Yeah. And, you know, you got in the slot corner, you got Tanner McAllister there. So, I mean, he seems to have that locked down. Our safeties are are good in Proctor and Hickman and Court Williams. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm i with you, Chris. That seems to be of a concern. Aaron, what jumped out at you this week from camp that you'd like to talk about? So, news about C.J. Hicks. Honestly, that's, that's something that I really like to hear. Um, sounds like he's, like – from what they were saying, okay, this is according to an article from 11 Warriors, they said he's thinking a little too much, but once he gets his assignments down, he's going to be an absolute problem for opposing offenses. Um, and that 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 gets me a little bit excited because linebacker's been like kind of a weak point for us in recent years. 
I think we can all agree on that. So to have that, uh, the youth movement that we're experiencing, uh, to hear that is, is exciting to me. And then throw in some news about Sonny Styles. You know, we still don't know where he's going to play, but we do know uh, is that he is making an impact at practice wherever they put him. And that kind of goes with the uh, versatility discussion that we had because Ryan Day said that he's not yelled at him for anything bad. The kid's always studying, always learning. Um, they're coaching him hard. But to me, the way I'm looking at that is that's a really good thing because if you can't decide where you want to put that kid – uh, nobody else is going to know either. And then you can kind of plug and play him wherever he might be safety at six, four. That's going to be really difficult. We talked about length six, four is pretty long. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you maybe throw him in at, at defensive end because he is fast. Uh, maybe you throw him in a little bit at, at, at safety, a little bit slot, a little bit linebacker. It, it, it makes it very difficult when you have an athlete that size who's able to do so much. Mm-hmm. You, do you think it's possible that CJ Hicks comes in on like rush, like on third and longs, and they're like, "Hey, ten years back, go get the quarterback," type of thing? Yeah, I could Starting see that because he, yeah, because he's he is uh, he's pretty violent, <laughs> and he's fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's gonna go. You tell him to go pin his ears back, and he's gonna do that for you. So I could see that happening. Yeah, and how about this, guys? According to uh, according to what I'm getting from the scrimmage on Saturday from those who were there, the defense won and looked nasty. Oh, very uh, good. We know, Great. <laughs> we know how good this offense is. Okay, so the the and when you have your defensive coordinator come out and say he's disappointed that Ryan Day said top ten, he really should have said top five. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I'll take that all day. And then he brought up silver bullets. Okay. The dude is obviously he's, he's raising the bar and he's not afraid of that. And I think as a defensive coordinator, that's great, man. I bring it on. Uh, Monk, what'd you get from this week? What are you gleaning? What are you hearing? What do you want to talk about from the second week of fall camp? Well, I've been pretty much under a rock between my son's football and baseball (laughs) stuff. So I've been (laughs) kind of missed a lot of things, but um, Julian Fleming, like just yeah. all the praise he's getting, like I'm excited for that because he's a player I picked to have a breakout season. And then Evan Pryor, hearing about how good he's doing and the things that he's been doing. And then I guess I'd have to go with uh, I, I heard a little thing where Luke Weipler and Paris Johnson we're racing the entire field to get down to the position coach and just the energy that the line is mm. playing with. So I I, I'm, I'm excited to see what this team does. Yeah, I am too. Speaking of, of, you know, racing, um, let's talk a little bit about the block O Jersey for a second. Can we do that? Absolutely. So this is something that I love. I, it's a new tradition that Ryan day started and for the third year in a row, they have given the Blocko jersey to a player who exemplifies all the attributes that uh, Willis, <clears throat> the first African-American player for at Ohio State, exhibited in his time when he was at Ohio State, including courage, uh, sportsmanship, leadership, toughness, all of those great attributes that uh, uh, Willis had. 
And, you know, you had Jonathan Cooper back in 2020, I believe. You had Thayer Munford last year as a lineman, which I loved. I wish he could have wore that jersey more um, in 2021. And now we have Cameron Babb, uh, six-year senior. Dude has had five knee injuries, four ACL tears while at Ohio State. And the man is healthy and playing and contributing and is awarded uh, team captain status and the Blocko jersey. Chris, how awesome was that, man? Oh, this kid deserves it. He has hung in through so much. He's He has you know just been through so much on the field. Things that the, the other recipients of this honor have not been through. Uh, you know, yes, they worked hard. They were, you know, great teammates, but they didn't have the, the just the trials to go through physically just to get on the field that this young man has. And I feel so great for this kid right now. You know, I, I really want to see him get on the field this year. Yeah, you know, I think about, you know, we, we like to talk about sports movies every now and then, Eric. And, and I think about the replacements and that running back that's in the replacements who all he wanted to do was score one touchdown. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, yeah, this kid has been through so much. I want to see him get in there and score a touchdown. I yeah. really do. And, and I, you know, just for everything he's been through, I can't think of somebody who's more deserving of the honor of that block of jersey. Yeah. He's maintained uh, a tremendous faith and a great attitude throughout his entire career. A lesser man would have quit and walked away, and he has held it together and have, has been there. He was, a, he was a team captain last year, too, despite not being able to play one down. And here he is. He, he's, I think he's like 24 years old, and he's living the dream right now, man. And I, I am rooting like Rooting like heck for this guy to score that touchdown, Chris. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> do you have anything else, Chris, before we talk about the team captains? Just one little thing here real quick, Aaron, and it, and it comes from Fox Sports college analyst R.J. Young. He released his mm. top 25, and you know there was five Big Ten schools in the top 25, and you know there was one notable exclusion? Let me just give these to you real quick. He has Ohio State at number two. He's got Sparty at 7, Iowa at 16, Minnesota at 22, and Wisconsin at 24. Huh? Notice anything missing? Where's that team up north? Yeah. Yeah. RJ Young throwing some shade on them, huh? That's serious shade. And, you know, I haven't always agreed with this guy. Sometimes I think he's completely off his rocker. But I just had to, like, shake my head when I I heard that come out today. Interesting. That's <laughs> I didn't expect that one. Crazy. Aaron, you need anything else, brother? Uh, not really. RJ Young kind of does things for for uh <laughs> for attention. Like, it it yeah. seems Shock like, yeah. Team. Yeah. So him leaving that team up north out of that, I I feel like is uh one of those ploys. I would not be shocked if Jim Harbaugh shunned him in an interview when he was at uh Big 10 Media Days and that's what that's about. For sure. That could yeah. totally be the thing. Uh, all right, here. Let's check this out, guys. So six team captains this year. I think they've had as many as, as eight at one time a couple years ago. Uh, here are the six team captains. We already mentioned Cameron Babb. How about quarterback C.J. Stroud? Linebacker Tommy Eichenberg. 
Uh, defensive end, Tyler Friday. Tight end, Cade Stover. And defensive back slash linebacker, Court Williams. Um, I was not surprised about Stroud. I wasn't surprised about Bab. Um, the other four, Eichenberg, Friday, Stover, and Williams. That's interesting to me. Uh, Aaron, what do you think about this list of six, man? I mean, I'm okay with it. You know, I, I Court Williams kind of surprises me a little bit there, but Stroud shoe in the way Eichenberg played in the Rose Bowl. I, you know, I, I, I feel like that's kind of warranted. He's expected to step up, and this might be the thing for him. Bab, that's we just got through talking about that. Tyler Friday, I'm okay with Stover. Yeah, Stover and uh, Williams are a little bit surprising to me, but I'm sure that there's good reason for it. Yeah. So when you hear a surprising name like that, that's intriguing to me because that tells me behind the scenes they have done or doing something that the uh, the rest of the team respects. Because you don't get team captain status uh, out of luck, if you know what I mean. You have to earn that. And, you know, Court Williams, uh, he's only a redshirt sophomore, I think. So and he hasn't played a whole lot. So for him to get team captain status, that guy's definitely a leader. I mean, you're leading, whether it be on the practice field or in the or in the weight room, and more likely you're leading all the way around. It makes sense when your quarterback's a team captain. But, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised we didn't see Jackson Smith and the Jigba's name there or, you know, any of the offensive linemen. But when Court Williams' name popped up, I thought, hmm, Wonder if we're going to maybe have a breakout season here, possibly. I don't know. Monk, I'm going to turn it over to you, man. This list of six names, what do you think, brother? Uh, That just gives me a lot of hope. The way that the coaching staff has really praised a lot of these guys for their leadership, that we uh, sound like we're going to have some leadership in the linebacking group and in the defensive back group, and that's something we've been lacking. Like We need those on-field guys in those two positions to really step up and get things right. Beautiful. Uh, Chris, team well, captain. Well, no, it seems like we were we... talking about some of these guys just last week. Yeah. Because a lot of these guys were the Iron Buckeye guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kate Stover does not surprise me at all because obviously this is a team guy. We talked about it earlier. He's moved around, does whatever the team needed. Uh, you know, Eichenberg really stepped up. Showed a lot in the, that Rose Bowl game, and he showed a lot through the the camp. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. Bab, again, natural leader. We've we both said it before. This guy's going to do the majority of his uh, his time in football on the sidelines as a coach somewhere, and he's going to be brilliant at it. Stroud, the quarterback, I think that's almost an automatic. Um, what surprised me more than anything was names that weren't there. What about team captains from last year, like Zach Harrison and Taraja Mitchell? Yeah, interesting. What, what, huh? what does that say about these two guys? Because there's nothing that says we couldn't have had eight team captains. Uh, so, uh, you, uh, you know, does this say something about where the level of their game is at? Or hmm. maybe that they failed to prove something to earn that right? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not there. I can't say one way or the other. But that was just, you know, when you see those those notable, you know, um, people left off who were captains last year and who, you know, everybody's talking about what a great year Zach Harrison's going to have this year and how it's supposed to be a breakout season. Yeah, 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 I just I don't know. 
So that kind of threw me a little bit. But, you know, I have no problem with the names that are there. And that's I think I think it's a good group. Monk, did you have something you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, actually, earlier today, I seen this article since Chris had mentioned uh, Mitchell and he was uh, basically saying he is embracing his new role of where he's going to basically take um, CJ Hicks and really just give him the run through and show him and guide him on everything, basically groom him to be the next great Buckeye linebacker. So, I mean, he's, he's still leading, just not as vocal. Okay. Beautiful. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to dive into our fourth annual Buckeye fantasy draft. So hang tight. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree, high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And we are back. All right, guys. So we need to determine what this draft order is going to be. So I decided we're going to play a little game, a little trivia game. I'm going to ask a question, and the first person who can give me the answer gets to choose where they want to pick in this draft. Uh, we are snaking this thing, so if you pick third, you get to pick fourth, okay? And then we'll work our way backwards. All right, here we go. So... <clears throat> Here is the question, and no cheating. Don't look this up. <laughs> Who led the team last year in sacks? Tyleek Williams. No, it was not Tyleek Williams. Haskell Garrett. There it is. Oh, Haskell nice. the Rascal Garrett. Yeah, he got Tyleek by like half a sack or something. Exactly. So you That's had it. Tyleek <laughs> Williams had five and Garrett had five and a half. <laughs> so, Chris, where do you want to pick? First through third. It's your decision. Uh, you know what? Let me go first. All right. And since you won, you get to determine who's going to pick second and who's going to pick third. Oh, let's see. Yeah. You, you know what? I'm just going to do it on a seniority basis. Aaron, you're going to go you. second, <laughs> and we'll get, we'll put uh, Jason third. All right, Jason, you get the you get the turd pick. <laughs> hey, turd All picks right. a shiny jewel. <laughs> there you go, my man. All right, so I'm not doing it this year because I figured I needed to let one of these three win this thing finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, so the pressure's on because in the past, whoever's made that first pick has either won this thing or totally butched it. All right, so here we go. With the first pick in the 2022 Buckeye Fantasy Draft, the Chris Wilds are selecting who from the Ohio State's roster? I, I got to take CJ. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you make a pick, give, give, give it a little bit of an explanation why for everybody. Well, I mean, he's coming off a Heisman season. I think he's got the weapons to have another Heisman contending season. And I think he's going to lead us to a national title. There you go. Pretty easy explanation there. That means pick number two goes to Sergeant MVP. Kyle McCord. 
And it's because I feel like if Stroud goes down, he's the next most experienced person, obviously. So he's a five star. Uh, and I feel like with the news we've gotten this year uh, through spring and so far in the summer and fall camps, uh, he's the next man up. So Kyle McCord. All right. Let me give you a little bit of word of advice, Monk. There's only one more quarterback. I would like make that your last pick. Bro. Oh, I'm, I'm already right. on it. Already on it, man. <laughs> Good <laughs> I was deal. To, I listened to the three previous ones earlier oh, today. You did some research. I like it. I like <laughs> it. All right. So with the last pick in the first round, the Monks are going to take who from this Ohio State roster? Like I said, shiny jewel going with Henderson. Nice. And, and it, why is and that? Then, why, why are you going with Henderson? Give me a uh, reason why. Because he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. Ooh, nice. I like your <laughs> confidence. I like your confidence, Chris said next year. And with the first pick <laughs> of the second round, who are you going to take and why? Another obvious, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Nice. And obviously, Rose Bowl and his last year speak for themselves. <laughs> yes. Very good. So, Muck coming out and getting that running back and wide receiver. So, first four picks. All offense. All right, Aaron, what you got, man? Uh, why'd you have to go and say something about all the picks being offense? Now you got me thinking. Because <laughs> I'm good like that, brother. Uh, I can't stand you. Okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, let's go defense, actually, for a change. I'm going to go Jack Sawyer at defensive mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm, I got to ask you, man. So, why Sawyer? I mean, you could have went JTT here. Why'd you pick Sawyer? Uh, there's honestly no no particular reason. I just I like the defensive end position, and I just that's I I know JTT is up there, but I think Jack Sawyer could supplant Zach Harrison this year. I just I just I don't know why. I just have that gut instinct. Yeah, I think I think Chris is on the, on the same page with you on that. That's, he's got the same feelings. And speaking of Chris, you get the ne- next two picks. With the last pick of the second round, what you got here, Chris? Well, you know, Athlon Sports has named two Buckeyes in their top 50 breakout candidates for 2022. And those are my next two picks, Eric. And that is Marvin Harrison Jr. And JT Tuomaluau. Yeah, very nice there. Uh, I'm not I'm not surprised by JT Tuomaluau. Marvin Harrison Jr. So you you said Athlon says he's going to be a breakout. We saw the Rose Bowl in him. Um, what is your anticipation about Marvin Harrison? Do you think what we saw in the Rose Bowl is going to be what we see all season? Or can he maybe even go to another plane? Because there are some people out there who think that he's going to have a better year than JSN this year because Jackson Smith the Jig was going to be getting all the attention. I, I don't disagree with that. I look for him to be a 1,200-yard receiver this year. Nice, nice. All right, Aaron, uh, on to the third round here for you. Uh, I'm going to go with Amika Egbuka. And honestly, it's it's strictly because JSN and Marvin Harrison are off the board. Julian Fleming, uh, he just hasn't proven himself. And I feel like even though Amika Emeka Egbuka has gotten less opportunities, I feel like he's done more with it. So I'm going to go with with Egbuka. All right. Last pick of the third round, Monk. I'm going to take uh, center Luke Whipler. All right. Luke Whipler is off the board. 
All right, so you are going to build that offensive line from the middle out. I like it. And the first pick of the fourth round is also yours. Uh, I'm going to stay with the offensive line. I'm going to take Paris Johnson Jr. Ooh, see, see, when you get to pick two in a row, uh-huh. unfortunately for Aaron, you can do that. Now, now, Aaron, I can just see him. He's thinking, oh, gosh, I better grab an offensive lineman now. That's what you're thinking, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, it was my initial thought, yes, but I I have to continue to build this defense because that's two starting offensive linemen that are gone. So to combat that, I'm going to have to go with Tyleek Williams, and it's because of his tremendous upside and the damage that he did in, in playing time that he got last year. Yeah, he's a good one. All right, last pick of the fourth round, Chris. What's, what's the Wilds going to do here? Well, you know, I, I kind of uh, – I'm going to take a little piece of uh, Aaron and a little piece of the monk here. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take big Dewan Jones at tackle just because obviously you've got to have somebody to uh, protect that blind side. And uh, you know what? Let me get uh, – y- you know what? I, I'm going to do it, Eric. He's broke my heart before, but I'm going to do it. Hmm. Zach Harrison. Interesting. He, re- he roped you back in, buddy. All <laughs> right, Aaron, we are off to the fifth round now here. Go for it. All right. Now I'm going to go with Matthew Jones because I got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. There you <laughs> go. I, I wondered if you were going to take. Yeah. So there you go. Got to get that right guard in there. He's versatile, too. He can be center. He can be guard. Uh, I think that's a good pick. Uh, Last pick of this round, Monk. Who you got in the fifth here? I'm going to take Denzel Burke. Nice pick. He's the best best corner on the team. Yeah. First pick of the sixth round. Just to say, I'm going to take Ronnie Hickman. Ronnie, the Rocket Hickman. I like those picks. Back to back again. I see yourself building now. You built the offensive line a little bit. Now you've gone to the defense and you're building the defensive backfield. That that's smart, Monk. All right, Aaron, back to you, buddy. Ooh, okay. Let's see here. You know, I don't. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Teron Vincent. And that's just because I've built this defensive line so so far, so we might as well just stick with that. I'm going to go Teron Vincent. Okay. So you've got, you're going up the middle on your defensive line there. You've you got probably what I anticipate to be the two starters on the defensive line up the middle at nose guard and tackle in Teron Vincent and Tyleek Williams. All right, uh, uh, Chris, we're back to you now, buddy. So go for it here. Last pick of the, I believe this is the seventh round. Well, you know, he, he's got the guys up the middle. I got a couple of pretty good defensive ends, but I, I need somebody to stop the run. So let me go ahead and get Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg on the next two. So you're going with the linebacker, the starting linebackers here. Very good. All right, Aaron, back to you for the seventh round here. I'm going to go ahead and take Cody Simon because I feel like he's – he's I, I don't know. I, I think Eichenberg and Chambers start – but I, as much as playing time as Cody Simon got last year, that's he's got to be next man up, right? Yeah, I, you know, he did get a lot of playing time last year, though, right? So uh, until he got injured, and, uh, you know, he is back and healthy, so I think he's definitely competing with 
with for playing time. I mean, he might not be the starters, but he's definitely going to get in there. I agree. All right, Monk, the uh, last pick of the seventh round, buddy. Um, I'm going to take Tanner McAllister just because he knows this defense. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Hold on. He's oh. got another one here. Oh, that's right. He gets two in a row. Sorry, man. I'm like I'm slow. <laughs> on this. And then with my next pick, I'm going to take uh, CJ Hicks. All right. So you're going with that freshman linebacker. So yep. interestingly enough, the fourth linebacker taken in this draft, let's look at this real quick, because I think this, <clears throat> what, what this exercise can do is it can kind of show you where we as a fan base think about certain people or certain positions. And if you look at linebacker, Chambers, Eichenberg, Simon, okay, all experienced, Hicks, a true freshman, before Taraja Mitchell was even drafted. And I know Aaron, who's going to get this next pick, is probably not going to take Taraja Mitchell. No, I'm not. I am completely writing him off after what I saw in the Rose Bowl. I'm yeah, he gets the the uh, he gets the tough boiling treatment from here on. From really? Hey, Eric. Yep. Can Aaron take Bryson Shaw here? Unfortunately, he's not available. Uh, he's in the USC draft, and I heard he went undrafted. That makes him our most valuable player, though. Well, I would absolutely hang the phone up. Like that's a no. <laughs> that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> uh, nobody took Donovan Jackson, did they? No. No. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that. All right, I'm going to say it right now. At this point in the draft, Aaron just got the steal of the draft. Oh, absolutely. There is a very – I'm telling you right now, when it's all said and done at the end of the year, there's a very real possibility that Donovan Jackson might be the best lineman on this team. And that's saying a lot. When you've got the Mountain and Dwan Jones, a five-star in Paris Johnson – and a Remington uh, nominee and Luke Whippler, I think Donovan Jackson might be the best one out of all of them. All right. So that means, Chris, you get the next two picks, brother. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know what? He, he's on a pitch count, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take him anyhow. Let me get Cameron Brown. Okay. And, and you know what? This this is tough here, but I, I'm I'm a, he's looked good at camp, so I'm going to take the risk on him. Go ahead and give me Julian Fleming. I like it. I like it. All right, so that gives you Harrison and Fleming. Uh, Aaron, you're up next. Well, all right, this is rough. <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with my secondary and I'm going to go Josh Proctor. Thank you. Gosh, I thought again, about it. another steal. I think here he, okay. If you, he's the, he would be out of the 22 starters that we anticipate. He was the 21st taken here. The only one, the other one is tied in. Um, is he that bad guys or is it injury here? Like that? What's scary? The you injury guys? scared me a little bit away because I thought about it. On the last pick. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think it's just, honestly, this is kind of a, a popularity 
contest with the fans, like when they go to vote for who wins this, you know what I mean? True. So people are going to grab the names that, that the common fan has heard of, and they're not going to look deeper into this like, oh, the strategy, he built a good offensive line. Well, he has a good defensive line to combat that. Nobody's going to look at that. They're going to be like, oh, I've heard of uh, uh, JSN and Marvin Harrison. That team's winning. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how this is going to go. Hey, man. Hey, don't give away my strategies on these things. <laughs> my name bad. recognition, man. Great name recognition. Monk, you get the next two picks, and Aaron let the cat out of the bag. It's about name recognition. So who's left on this list that you think uh, is going to pop for the people when they vote? Yeah, you know, I love the people, but I am not picking for the people. <laughs> I probably just lost myself to vote there, but probably it's okay. Did, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Mike Hall. I just I, I like the upside of these guys. So even though they're younger, I just I think they're going to do good things. And then I'm going to take uh, Jerron. No, no, I'm going to take uh, Javante Jean Baptist Baptiste. Yeah, the French Baptist preacher. Very good. All right. <laughs> Javante Jean Baptiste. Uh, Aaron, you're up. OK, so. I got a lot of spots to fill in this secondary. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take, because I'm, I'm like you, Jason. I got, I've got i never won this event because, <laughs> because I do this on strategy, and <laughs> clearly I'm dumb. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's do Ronnie Hickman's gone. Okay. Corners. You know, I really like Ja'Kalen Johnson, but... I think Cam Martinez has uh, kind of proved himself quite a bit, uh, especially this offseason. So I'm going to go ahead and take Cam Martinez for one of my corners. Ugh. Yeah, there's that versatility that uh, they were talking about, right, that uh, um, shows you uh, what uh, exactly uh, they're thinking of him, that he could play uh, multiple positions like that. So well, uh, I, I've a- seen it personally. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. He's, he's from the state up North. So yeah, you, you have Jason. All right. Uh, Chris, you're up next two picks. Well, you know, I'm going to hold off on corner because I know I've got Jake Siebert to fall back on. Hey, yeah. I was going to take him. Oh. <laughs> so let me go Jokes. ahead and, you know, I've been torn on this and I've really thought about going with a two back offense here, but I, you know, I think first thing I better do is secure the tight end. Give me Cade Stover. Okay. And, you know, I'm going to go to the secondary here as well. Let me go ahead, and I am going to take uh, J.K. Johnson. All right. Kalen Johnson, he's yours. Aaron, you're up. Okay. Let's do... Looks like I'm going to need to do – goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> I want to – I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to go with another wide receiver. I really like Caleb Brown's uh, – his film. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm taking Caleb Brown. Going to the freshman one there. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Monk, I'm going to let you take one pick, and then we're going to do a quick uh, review here. So give me one pick, and then we'll start with you in the next round. Well, we're going to go with another freshman, and I'm going to take Sonny Styles. Ooh, there's some name recognition for you. 
All right. So here we are. Let's start with Chris's team first. Chris, on offense, you've got C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Julian Fleming. So your quarterback, two wide receivers, Cade Stover is a tight end, and you have one offensive lineman in Dewan Jones. Defensively, you got your defensive ends in Zach Harrison and J.T. Tumulau. You got two linebackers in Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg. And you've got two defensive backs and cornerback Cameron Brown and cornerback Ja'Kalen Johnson. Aaron, your offense is looking like Kyle McCord with wide receiver, wide receivers Emeka Egbuka and Caleb Brown. You also have two linemen in the fold right now and Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones. Defensively, you got Captain Jack Sawyer on the end. And up the middle, you got Teron Vincent, Tyleek Williams. And at linebacker, you have Cody Simon. And in the defensive backfield, you have Josh Proctor and Cameron Martinez. All right, Monk, offensively, you don't have a quarterback yet, but you're fine because you've got one of the best running backs in all of college football and Travion Henderson, not to mention the best wide receiver in all of college football and Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and one of the best offensive linemen, according to people in football, and Paris Johnson Jr. and the center, Luke Whipler. Defensively, however, though, up front, you got Javante uh, Jean-Baptiste on the end and, and Mike Hall Jr. in the middle. The uh, linebackers, you got C.J. Hicks. And in the defensive backfield right now, Denzel Burke, Tanner McAllister, Ronnie Hickman, and Sonny Styles. That's a strong defensive backfield. All right, let's jump into the second half of this draft as you continue to build your teams. Monk, you are up first. I'm going to take Enoch Vamahi. All right, so building that offensive line still, Enoch Vamahi. Aaron, you are up. Uh, let's see. Do I need? Yeah, because I'm going with with uh, four two five defense. So I'm gonna go ahead and take. I'm gonna take Court Williams, and I will probably stick him at strong and move Proctor to free. Nice. All right. Next two picks go to Chris. All right. Uh, you know what? I talked about it, Eric. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a two running back set. I'm going to take Mayan and Evan. Ooh, you made life really difficult for Aaron in the running game right there. Oh, man. Okay, so... Mayan Williams and Evan Pryor are going to be in the backfield for Chris. Aaron, what are you going to do to answer that or combat that here? Well, I don't have to worry about a running back. <laughs> Maybe. If you well, got another guy do a two running back system, then you're going to just spread, guys. We're running the spread. <laughs> yeah, we're looking a lot like Oklahoma all of a sudden. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that I guess that complicates things, doesn't it? Um, I'm going to have faith that uh, Monk is not going to do that to me. <laughs> uh, let's go Jacob James at center. Nice. Nice pick. All right, Monk, next two are yours. Um, I guess I'll finish up my, I don't know. I'm going to take the uh, white afro. Oh. Joe Royer. Joe, 
got the best white man afro ever, dude. It is amazing. Joe Royer is going to be your tight end, and what else are you going to take? Uh, quick question. Who did uh, Aaron take, not this last pick, but the pick right before that? Jacob uh, James. Jacob James, yes. No, the no. one one before that. Court Williams. Court Williams. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right. And then yeah, if, you, if you need some help, guys, I, sh- I I think I shared my screen. Can you see it? Yes. Well, I, I've been marking them down as we go. I just yeah. missed that one. Yeah, I got I got my screen open for you guys so you can see who's who's available. Who's who's got who. OK. And then with my next pick, I'm going to take uh, Josh Fryer. Is he available? Ah. Yep, he is. And he's all yours. All right. All right, Aaron, back to you. Uh, I'll go. Hmm. I think I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Jordan Hancock. Yep. Nope. Yeah, let's do that. Jordan Hancock at corner. All right. Very good. Uh, by that sigh from two picks ago, I'm assuming that Chris was going to go with Josh Fryer. I'm a, if I was a betting man. Off comes Zinn Mikowski here. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm going to take Mikowski, and you know what? I'm also going to take uh, Ben Christman. Nice pick there, yes. All right. A couple offensive linemen there for you. Back to Aaron. All right. Let's see. Uh, offensive tackle is an issue right now for me. So I'm going to go trailer. No. Well, you know what? I could probably move him out there, but I'm going to take Tigra Shibola because I I really like him. Nice. Great pick. And apparently he's doing really well in camp. So uh, good pick. All right. Let's go ahead and take it to the monk for the next two. Um. Let's see what I got to fill here. I'm going to take, is Reed Carrico available? He is. I'm going to take Reed Carrico to finish up my linebackers there. And then I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take trailer to finish up my line. All right. There you go. Big Trey LaRue, who they've kicked to the inside and camped the center. Very interesting that they did that. Second string uh, and, moved up to second string. And he was replaced in camp the other day by Ben Christman. Just, just saying. Oh, yeah, was he? Yeah, you already took him, so. <laughs> All right. So that means Aaron's up. Okay. Let's take a look here. I need another defensive and and I really like Tyler Friday, so I'm gonna go ahead and take him. He what? He hey, he is a team captain, guys. Him. He is a team captain, so yeah. I think we're up to you, Chris, aren't we? We are. So, so what you got, man? You know what? I'm 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 gonna take. Uh, let me get the kid. Let me get Kai Stokes. I am very high on. And oh, let's see here. Oh, I need I need some uh, 
All right. So Lathan Ransom coming off injury, but is is participating in fall camp and doing well. Aaron, we're back to you, brother. All right. Let's take a look at these tight ends. <laughs> hey, there, there, that's one spot you've still got a couple good ones to pick from. Aaron. Yeah, you do. You still got six-year senior Mitch Rossi, and you got the converted wide receiver G. Scott Jr. sitting there. Yeah, and the way that I would run my offense, uh, I think I would go G. Scott. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you can't go wrong with that, man. I, I, that's a good pick. All right. Uh, I believe, Monk, you are the next two. <clears throat> I am going to take Caden Curry for my jack position. All right. Been hearing a lot of good things about him. And then I'm going to take Omari Abor. The freshman. Yep. All right, there we go. Deeper league, the way he's playing this. I know (laughs) a lot. Sunny Styles, Abor, Curry. There's a lot of potential. Michael Hicks, (laughs) Michael. There are a lot of youngsters there. A lot of team potential. There you go, Aaron. What you got, man? Um, at Mike, I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, Gayodiot. Pay pay late. Uh, Chris is the only one who can say this, by the way. Yeah, I I, sure. We'll go with that. I think they call him EA, don't they? And that was his nickname that they're going with in in camp this year is EA because no one can pronounce his name. Uh, All right. Uh, Chris, too. Well, I'll tell you what, Eric. Yeah, I'd like to go the freshman route, but since Jason took them all, uh, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and, and hit my defensive line a little bit. Uh, let me get Jerron Cage and Ty Hamilton. Yeah, I figured you were going to do I'll that. I'll trade you one for Stroud. <laughs> uh, you could trade me your team for Stroud, and I might think about it. Uh, tempting, but can't quite do that. <laughs> so if I'm if my count is right, uh, Chris, you have 10 out of your 11 starters on defense already. So. Correct. All right, Aaron, back to you. Hmm. Actually, you know Aaron, what? Might, Aaron might have his defense done. Do you? Let me, let me uh, look. Real. I need one more corner. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but I'm gonna hold off on that because I feel like there's enough talent still there. Yeah. Uh, let's go. I'll go Jaden Ballard. Mm, yeah. Jaden Ballard. Finish out my receivers. Very good. Monk, give me two. You've got your entire offensive line. You've got your running I'm back. Gonna, I'm going to finish up my defense, and I'm going to take um, we'll take Ryan Turner. Okay. Cornerback. And then... I'm going to take the Blacko himself, Cameron Babb. Nice. Very good. All right. So if I'm not mistaken there, you need your quarterback quarterback and receiver, and you'll be done, right? One, two, three, four, five. Let's see. You got your five offensive linemen. 
and your tight end, and you have your running back receive uh, two two receivers and running back. So okay, all right, uh, back to you, Aaron. Oh boy, okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go Yair Brown to finish out my uh, defense. What on right. earth was that? <laughs> That was the Wait. sound of you stabbing me again. Oh, I thought somebody <laughs> died on one of the phone. I know. I was like, what? <laughs> Jair Brown is going to be on Team MVP. All right, Chris, what you got for me? Are these the last two picks for you, I think? Uh, I think I have three I need still. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. I think I'm going to go here. It's not hard at this point, I guess. Uh, let me get uh, Carson Hensman at center. Nice. And oh, do I want the true freshman? You know what? I'm actually going to go with Grant Tuton and flip him over to the left tackle. Very good. All right, Aaron, what you got, brother? Two more me, picks uh, left. Give me Avery Henry. I'll take him. All right. Yes. Some true freshman. Monk, these are your last two picks. Well, obviously, I got to take Devin Brown. Yep. And then for my last receiver, I'm going to take Kion Grace. All right. Aaron, your last pick, brother. Well, I guess uh, give me Dallin Hayden. I don't. <laughs> I could go with an extra wide receiver and tight end, but <laughs> you know, you know me. I'm old school. I got to have a running back. Absolutely. And the last pick of the draft, we won't call him Mister Irrelevant. What you got, Chris? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, if I'm going to play a four-two-five, I guess that means I'm going to. You know, ooh, do I want to play a traditional defense? So I'm bringing a third linebacker. You got Trojan Mitchell sitting there. You got Chip Traina. Chip Traina. But uh, in fact, you know what? That's actually what I'm going to do here. All right. All right. So here we go. Let's look at these uh, teams real fast here. I'm going to tell you who your who your starters are on offense, and I want to get your impression of that team. And then I'll give you your starters on defense and you can give me your impression of your, of your defense. And then I will do that for all your teams. And then I'll tell you who I think I'm going to vote for <clears throat> on Chris's team wide receiver, CJ Stroud. He's running a two running back system with Mayan Williams and Evan Pryor uh, flanked on either side on the, as receivers is Marvin Harrison jr. And Julian Fleming. The offensive line consists of, uh, oh, excuse me, tight end, Kate Stover. Can't forget uh, Kate Stover there. His offensive line is Dewan Jones, Zinn Mikowski, and then some youngsters, Carson Hensman, Ben Chrisman, and Grant Tutant. Chris, your offense. Tell me what you think, buddy. Well, I'll tell you what. I feel pretty good that uh, Stroud won't get hit from the blind side, and I feel really great if the youngsters hold up. Because I'll tell you, the skill position I feel really great about. Defensively, you got Zach Harrison and JT Tumulau on the outside, Jerron Cage and Ty Hamilton up the middle. At linebacker, you got Steel Chambers, Tommy Eichenberg, and Chip Trianum. In the backfield, at cornerback, Jacqueline Johnson and Cameron Brown. And, and uh, at safety, you've got Lathan Ransom and Kai 
Stokes, Chris, your defense, what do you think? Uh, you, you know what? The secondary might be kind of iffy, but I'll tell you what, if uh, Harrison and, and uh, Tuamuau can get to the quarterback, I'm not got a whole lot to worry about. All right, for team MVP, Aaron, you got Kyle McCord as the second pick of the draft at quarterback. Uh, running back is true freshman Dallin Hayden. Your receivers include Emeka Egbuka and Jaden Ballard, along with freshman Caleb Brown. At tight end, you got a uh, wide receiver converted to tight end G. Scott Jr., and your offensive line consists of Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones, Jacob James, uh, Tegra Shabola, and Avery Henry as freshmen. Your offense, tell me what you think there, I mean, I feel like it's pretty solid. The wide receiver doesn't have, you know, all the zip that, you know, of, of Marvin Harrison and Julian Fleming and, and guys like that, JSN. But I feel like the, the offensive line will do enough to allow the quarterback, Kyle McCord, to get the ball out. So I, I, I guess I can't ask for too much more. It's got a lot of uh, future talent in Jacob James and, and Tigris Shabola and Avery Henry. So uh, it's kind of a future thing. All right. Defensively on the line. You got Captain Jack Sawyer, and you have up the middle Teron Vincent and Tyleek Williams, and then Captain Tyler Friday. I I love that defensive line, Aaron. Uh, linebacker, you got um, you got EA or Pelea Gotioti the fourth, and Cody Simon, and then in the defensive backfield, you got Josh Proctor, Court Williams, Cameron Martinez, Jordan Hancock, and Jair Brown. Tell me about your defense. I really like this defense. I think this uh, this is a solid defense, and I think if this was a strategic thing, I think this would probably be the strongest, and it's largely because of the D-line. There's experience at the linebacker core. There's experience and versatility in the secondary. I, I feel like this is the strong suit of the team. On to Team Muck, Devin Brown, the true freshman, is going to be the signal caller. At running back, you heard him say it. He said it's going to be Heisman-winning Travion Henderson. Wide receiver, Rose Bowl MVP Jackson Smith in the Jigba. And he's also got uh, the Block O recipient Cameron Babb and true freshman Kion Graves. Uh, tied in, he's going with the white man Afro Joe Royer. And at offensive line, Paris <coughs> Johnson Jr., Luke Whippler, Trey LaRue, Enoch Vamahi, and Josh Fryer. What do you think about your offense there? There's some, <clears throat> some sizzle, but can the quarterback hold up for you, buddy? Oh, I think he can. I mean, do you see that guy doing backflips? <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, uh, you got Henderson that takes pressure off, JSN. Um, Keon Graves is going to be the uh, next middle school dance shirt for you. <laughs> um, Whip, Whipler is the best center in college football. Paris Johnson went probably the best – or could be the best uh, tackle. And then from my fandom of the Pistons and Ben Wallace, fear the fro. <laughs> Very nice. Defensively, you got Caden Curry and Javante Jean Baptiste on the outside. And you got um, Big Mike Hall Jr. up the middle. And you also have Amari Abor on your defensive line. At linebacker, you got Reed Rambo Carrico and the freshman CJ Hicks. And then you also went with five defensive backs, so apparently you are going to be a safety-driven defense as well. Denzel Burke at cornerback, Ryan Turner at cornerback, and then you went with Tanner McAllister and Ronnie Hickman and Sonny Styles in your defensive backfield. Man, I love your defensive backfield there, Monk. 
Oh, yeah. They're long, athletic, fast. I mean, I've got everything I need on that defense. You got the senior leadership and a lot of youth. Uh, this They could be scary if it all worked out. All right, real quick, I'll let you give a quick statement on why you think your team would win before I let you know who I'm going to be voting for. And then, of course, tomorrow, everybody, make sure you go to our Facebook page, and, and these these rosters will be available to you. And in the comment section, you can vote on who you think would win and if these were real three teams and they, and they played a game. All right, I'll start with you, Chris. Why is Team Wilds going to win this thing here? Well, first of all, I made it may have dated myself a bit going with a uh, 4-3 defense and a uh, standard pro set offense. But you know what? I really think skill positions, I've got it locked down on the offense. I really do feel that there's a lot of talent on the offensive line. But, you know, I think the key being big DeWan Jones out there on the end. Defensively, I feel really solid with the defensive ends. I got great experience. Uh, and, uh, you know, athleticism at linebacker and defensive backs. I got a couple guys coming back from injury, but, you know, Cam Brown, I think, is going to be huge. Um, I, I feel like Lathan Ransom could be a solid contributor. I, and I really like the kids in Kai Stokes and uh, J.K. Johnson. I think they're great. All right, Aaron, why is Team MVP going to win this thing? We're going to keep it short and simple. Defense wins championships. <laughs> love it all uh, right Mon- monk what do you think man how are the monkers gonna do here i'm gonna give my answer for aaron brown because i don't have bryson shaw <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so here we go here's who i'm gonna vote for and you guys can be mad at me all you want to but as this thing unfolded i'm gonna go with chris He's got more starters at, uh, and on his offense and more starters on his defense than both of you. And I, in my opinion, I think he's got when 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 the first game comes against Notre Dame, I think he's got five starters on offense that he chose, and I think he also has five starters on defense. However, one could argue that Jack Sawyer might be starting over Zach Harrison. I think he will. I, I, know I Aaron. don't think that Harrison, and again, Eric, you know my opinion on this, and he's broken my heart before. I think he gets the start. I think we start the season too. with the experience. However, if he doesn't perform, I don't think he's got a real long leash. Yeah, I do think, however, Aaron does have the better defense here. Um, Overall, overall. I, oh, I, I agree. So... But it's hard to go against C.J. Stroud when he's going to have Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming to throw to. However, I am a little weary on your offensive line, Chris, but uh, we'll see. All they got got to do is keep him out just long enough because I'll tell you what, if he can't get it to Harrison, he can't get it to Fleming. I got that little Evan Pryor out of the the backfield, man, and we know what he can do with it. So – uh, we're going to make sure that you guys have the opportunity to vote for this. Please go to our Facebook page and do so, facebook.com backslash the Ohio podcast. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We come back. we got two more Big Ten teams to preview, so hang tight. Thanks for listening to the OHIO podcast. Would you please help us and subscribe, review, 
and share our podcast from your favorite podcasting platform. This greatly helps us grow our show and reach more Buckeye fans like you. Also, please visit our website at theohiopodcast.com and follow us on the following social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email the show at theohiopodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and go back! This is Buckeye Boggs from the OHIO Podcast, and today we are previewing the Rucker Scarlet Knights. Piscataway, New Jersey might be the birthplace of college football, but it surely isn't the epicenter of today's college game. Rucker's best years came under the leadership of Greg Schiano during the early 2000s when the Scarlet Knights were a part of the now-defunct Big East. New Jersey's greatest son returned home to Piscataway in 2020 after being the defensive coordinator under Urban Meyer and then Ryan Day for one season in 2019. Shiano knew he had his work cut out for him since Rutgers was no longer in the Big East, but now in the toughest division in all of college football, the Big Ten East. Shiano definitely has Rutgers moving in the right direction, but can he sustain the positive gains and continue to put the Knights in bold contention? Only time will tell. Let's get into some of the statistics. Rutgers University is located in Piscataway, New Jersey. Their home stadium and seating capacity is SHI Stadium with 52,454 available seats. The overall school record for, uh, for Rutgers is 658 wins to 671 losses and 42 ties. That's a winning percentage of 495. Their last conference championship came in 2012. That was when they were a part of the Big East. Greg Schiano has gone 8-14 over the past two seasons now that he's back in Piscataway. However, his overall record at Rutgers is 76-81. Last year, the Knights went 5-8. This included going 2-7 in the conference with wins over Illinois and Indiana. Last year's ranking in the Big Ten for total defense and total offense goes as such. First offensively, Rutgers scored 19.7 points per game, which was 12th in the conference. They rushed the football for 138.7 yards per game, good enough for ninth, and passed for 172.2 yards per game, which was good enough for 11th in the Big Ten. 310.9 total yards per game in what the Knights averaged, which was 12th in the conference. On the other side of the ball, defensively, Rutgers gave up 25.6 points per game, which was 11th in the Big Ten. Rushing, defensively, they gave up 161.5 yards per game, which was 13th. Passing, they gave up 234.9 yards per game, which was good enough for 10th. And they gave up 396.5 total yards per game, which was 11th in the conference. Rutgers boasts a total bowl record of 6-5, and five, and they do claim one national championship, that back in the spry year of 1869. Last season's bowl results for Rutgers, they were actually invited to the Gator Bowl to take on the ACC champion Wake Forest, replacing Texas A&M. Rutgers lost to the Demon Deacons 38-10. 
Key losses from last year's team include running back Isaiah Pacheco. He had 563 rushes for 2,442 yards in his career and a total of 18 rushing touchdowns. He was picked up as an undrafted free agent by the Kansas City Chiefs. Wide receiver Bo Melton finished his career in Piscataway with 164 receptions for 2,011 yards with 11 receiving touchdowns. He was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in the seventh round at pick number 229. On the defensive side, they lost linebacker uh, Ola Kunele Fatukasi. Sure. <laughs> Ola Kunele finished with 282 tackles, 162 which were solo in his career. He also added six sacks, seven pass deflections, four, for, four forced fumbles three fumble recoveries, and one defensive touchdown. He was signed as an undrafted free agent with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Top returners for this season include a a trio of seniors, two of which are on the defensive side in the backfield. Let's start with cornerback Kassan Abraham. He's coming off a 2021 campaign in which he had 43 tackles, 32 of which were solo. Safety Avery Young is going into his fourth year starting for uh, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. He has had 210 tackles, 116 which were solo in his career. 19 pass deflections, 2 sacks, 4 forced fumbles, and 2 interceptions. On the offensive side, senior wide receiver Aaron Cruikshank is uh, going to be a 3-year starter. He has 61 receptions for 523 yards and three touchdowns in 2021. As far as recruiting goes, Greg Schiano has been busy and has Rutgers and, and gave Rutgers one of their best classes in 2022. This included four four-star top-level recruits. Linebacker Moses Walker from Erasmus High School in Brooklyn, New York, will be joining the team. He's a 6'2", 220-pound linebacker who is ranked 178th nationally, 17th at his position of linebacker, and 1st in the state of New York. He's also joined in the linebacking core by 4-star Anthony Johnson, who went to Newman High School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The 6'1", 230-pound linebacker was ranked 241st nationally, 23rd at his position, and 8th in the state of Pennsylvania. On the offensive side, up front on the offensive line is four-star Jacob Allen from Hunt High School in Princeton, New Jersey. The 6'6", 270-pound lineman was ranked 214th nationally overall, 11th at his position of offensive line, and 2nd in the state of New Jersey. Also from Pennsylvania on the offensive side is four-star running back Samuel Brown V. He went to the famous LaSalle College High School in Glenside, Pennsylvania, was ranked 374th nationally, was the 34th ranked running back in the nation, and was 12th in the state of Pennsylvania. Let us finish the following statements for you. This season will be considered a success for Rutgers if the Scarlet Knights go 500 and make a bowl game for a second straight year. Now, they did go to the go to a bowl game last year out of a technicality, but it still counts as being able to go to a bowl game. 
And if the Rutgers can go to a second one in a row with the momentum that Greg Schiano has in recruiting, it's no wonder New Jersey can be considered not only the uh, or Rutgers can be considered not only a viable option for athletes in the DMC area and in New Jersey, but that Rutgers can actually compete in the Big Ten East. The most critical games on Rutgers' schedule are, I think it's the season finale against Maryland. A win or loss could determine whether or not Rutgers can make a bowl game or not in this game, and Maryland is much improved. This team's threat level to Ohio State is, I'll give it 10%. Rutgers has to travel to the shoe this season, and the Scarlet Knights are 0-8 against the Buckeyes. But Greg Schiano has proven that he'll pull out all the stops, including as many trick plays as he has in his bag, to try to keep the game close against Ohio State. My predictions, including the overall record for the Scarlet Knights this year, goes as such. I believe they lose their season opener on the road at Boston College. They come home to take on Wagner. I think that's a win. They go on the road to take on Temple. I believe that'll be a win. Then they play Iowa, they go to Ohio State, and then Nebraska. I think all three of those games are losses, and then they have a bye. They come off the bye to take on Indiana. I believe that'll be a win. On the road at Minnesota, that's an L. Against that team up north at home, that's an L. At Michigan State, that's an L. Home against Penn State, that's an L. And at Maryland to finish the year, I believe that'll also be a loss. I have over I have Rutgers overall record being three and nine this season with one and eight in the Big Ten. Thanks for listening to uh, the OHIO podcast and our preview of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Stay tuned for another one shortly. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. All right, let's jump right into the Rutgers preview that you just heard. I will let you go first, Aaron. Uh, Rutgers, man. I mean, they are kind of climbing. They've gotten a little better every year. I don't think that they're going to, I think they're going to take a step back or return a little bit to the mean. What do you, what say you on Rutgers this year? Uh, Look, you know, looking at their schedule, Eric, I I think you're right because their schedule is pretty rough. I mean, (laughs) they open the season with Boston College. You know, they got Iowa. They got us. They're going to play Nebraska. Minnesota, that team up north, Sparty, Penn State, Maryland, the typical thing. But I just – that's a rough schedule for a, for a program like Rutgers, even though they are cl- kind of climbing and, and trending in the right direction, you know. So I, I just – I don't know. I don't think they're going to have a great season. I Looking at it, I think they lose to Boston College. They beat Wagner. I think they beat Temple. Lose to Iowa. Lose to us. Lose to Nebraska. I think they can beat Indiana. So I think they're going to get – I think the max four wins this year. They might might upset. Shoot, I don't, <laughs> I don't even see a possible upset. I mean, unless there's injuries or something, they might beat Sparty. But max three wins, four wins. Yeah, that's where I got them at three as well as you heard, uh, Jason. I saw. From you, you've got them at four. You think they're going to upset Nebraska and maybe give them that fourth win there? I saw that. Is that is that your feelings on on them? 
Yeah, I just, they're just, I don't know. I don't know if Shano's going to be able to get this team to where he had it his first run there. They seem like they were right there going into last year, and it was not what, what they should have been. And if they didn't do it with that team, they're, I, I don't know how long it's going to be before they even think about getting back to how they used to be. Yeah, well, I mean, it's different when you're playing in the Big Ten East as opposed oh, to the, the Big East. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Chris, you also have them at four and eight. You have them beating Boston College, I see. Yeah, yeah, I've got the upset going against Boston College. Let me tell you, Eric, the, I think this team's biggest problem is the division it plays in. You yep. talked about it. I think if even if you move this team to the West, I think they're competitive. You know what? I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad at that statement. I can agree with that. Yeah. I think this team's biggest flaw is that it plays in the toughest division in college football. All right, let's go ahead and jump to our next preview. That's going to be brought to you by Jason Monk. Let's uh, let's hear what he has to say about uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Hello, this is Jason Monk, and I am bringing you my preview of the Wisconsin Badgers. 2021 was a down year for the Badgers, seeing them lose four games and had a running back room filled with turmoil. Expected starter Jalen Berger was dismissed. They also had two young running backs leave due to off-field fights. Their offense was a dumpster fire with Mertz leading the way. The lone bright spot was the emergence of freshman All-American running back Braylon Allen. Will the new offensive coordinator hire Bobby Ingram be able to get this Badger offense off of life support? Only time will tell. The Wisconsin Badgers play at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin. It has a seating capacity of 80,321. It's the fourth oldest stadium in college football. Badgers are one of only 26 teams to post 900 or more wins. They have two Heisman Trophy winners, Amici and Dane. Their all-time record is 729 wins, 506 losses, 53 ties, with a win percentage of .587. Their bowl record is 18-15, and 15, with a win percentage of .54. They have 14 Big Ten titles, 32 consensus All-Americans. Their head coach is Paul Christ. His overall record is 65 wins, 23 losses, with a win percentage of .739. His Big Ten record is 43-16, and 16, with a win percentage of 7.29. And that, he's done that in seven seasons. Their new offensive coordinator, Bobby Ingram, is a first-time OC, and he could be the linchpin to the Badgers' success this season. Despite being unproven, he was a vital part of the Baltimore Ravens' record-setting offenses over the last couple of seasons. The position groups he coached thrived under his leadership, and the numbers show it. He was with the Ravens for eight years, and he was a wide receivers coach and finished as a tight ends coach. In 2021, the Badgers' overall record was nine wins, four losses. They were six and three in the Big Ten, which put them at third in the West. On offense, they had 330 total points. They averaged 25.4 points per game. They had 40 total touchdowns. Passing, they had 2,082 yards, uh, 6.9 per attempt. They averaged 160.2 passing yards per game, 11 passing touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. 
rushing, they had 2,742 yards, which is good for uh, 4.8 yards per attempt. They averaged 210.9 rushing yards per game, and they had 26 rushing touchdowns. Their total yards on the season was 4,824 with 371.1 per game. Rushing, the Badgers finished 21st in the nation, second in the Big Ten, but they were in the bottom half or lower in all other offensive categories. On the defensive side of the ball, their defense allowed 239.1 points per yards per game, which was first in the Big Ten and first in the nation. They allowed 174.3 passing yards per game, also first in the Big Ten, good enough for fifth in the nation. They gave up 64.8 rushing yards per game, first in the Big Ten, first in the nation. Points per game allowed, 16.1, first in the Big Ten, fourth in the nation. Uh, tackles for loss, they had 90, which was 6.9 per game. And they were first in the Big Ten, 21st in the country. They had 39 total sacks, with the average of three per game, which was second in the Big Ten, 19th in the country. Uh, they forced 24 turnovers, second in the Big Ten, 14th in the country. And they boasted an overall uh, second-ranked defense in the country. Uh, some of their key departures as far as the draft or transfer, they, the Badgers had five players drafted this year. Linebacker Leo Chanel, he was a day two pick at number 103 to the Kansas City Chiefs. He is going to be a big loss for Wisconsin as he had 106 total tackles, 17 tackles for loss, seven sacks, two forced fumbles, and he was All-American. The second one drafted was offensive guard Logan Bruss, also a day two pick at number 104 to the Rams. He was a three-year starter and only allowed one sack since 2019 on going against 596 snaps. Next up, we have tight end Jake Ferguson. He was picked on day three, pick number 129. He was picked up by the Cowboys. He was a four-year contributor, 145 catches, 1,618 yards, 13 touchdowns, and he was a first-team All-Big Ten. Next up, we have defensive end Matt Henningsen. He was also a day-three pick. He went at number 206 to the Broncos. He was a coveted walk-on story who played in 42 games. 29 of those were starts. Uh, he had 92 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks in his four years. The last player drafted was cornerback Fayon Hicks. At a day three pick, number 232. He was selected by the Broncos. In his 44 games, 39 starts, he had 108 tackles, 19 pass deflections, or passes defended, I'm sorry, one interception, and at the combine, he posted a 4.37 40-yard dash, which was fifth fastest among the defensive backs. Uh, just a couple of the Badgers transferring out. As I mentioned earlier, the running back Jalen Berger, 
He is now with the Michigan State Spartans. Wide receiving Devin Chandler. He is with Virginia. And offensive guard Caden Lyles is with Florida State Seminoles. Some of their key incoming transfers is defensive back Justin Clark coming in from Toledo. And while he was at Toledo, he had 109 tackles, four interceptions, 16 passes defended. Their second guy coming in that will be a key contributor is Jay Shaw. He is coming in from UCLA. He had six interceptions, three of those coming in 2021. He had one forced fumble and one fumble recovery. They also have coming in from UCLA, wide receiver Keontes Lewis. Their last key transfer coming in is cornerback Cedric Dort Jr. He is coming in in from Kentucky, and he had seven passes defended. The Wisconsin Badgers 2022 recruiting class overall rank was 41st with a composite ranking of 44th. Uh, They really didn't have a lot of high-rated guys, so I'm just going to go over a couple of them real quick. Their crown jewel in the class was offensive tackle Joe Bruner. He's from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin, standing six foot six, 300 pounds. He is a four-star recruit with a ranking of 0.9633. He was 85th nationally, ninth at his position, and first in the state. His accolades was he was in the All-American Bowl. Bruner is a bulldog in the trenches. He gets off the ball very well. He finishes his blocks. He has good twitch ability and gets downfield to make blocks. Keeps his feet and his balance during his drive blocking. He's got exceptional balance. He's an outstanding run blocker, but he does need to polish his mechanics and his pass blocking, which will come with repetition. Uh, Next up, we have defensive lineman Isaac Hamm. He's from Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. He is 6'5". 260 pounds. He is a four-star recruit with a ranking of 0.8969. He is ranked 355th nationally, 45th at his position, 5th in the state. His body and his frame are college ready. He has played on the edge, the inside, and standing. Ham offers versatility. He's got a very quick first step. He's strong. He plays with pure effort on every down. Very high motor. Does need some work on his hand technique, but everything is there for him to be playing on Sundays. Some of the key returns for Wisconsin, I guess if you want to call this a key return, but uh, Graham Mertz. This is a toss-up whether or not he is a key returner. Um, He burst onto the scene in his first start in 2020 against Illinois, but has not lived up to the hype since then. He has an overall touchdown interception ratio of 19 to 16 in 2021 he had 1958 passing yards which was 88th in the country 10 touchdowns which was 92nd in the country 11 interceptions 103rd in the country his qbr rating was 56.1 good enough for 76 and he also had five fumbles and he led the nation in turnovers amongst quarterbacks 
Their other key returner is Braylon Allen. He took over as a starter in game four, and he finished with 1,268 yards, 12 touchdowns. He averaged 6.8 yards per carry on his way to becoming a freshman All-American. Wisconsin does lose a bunch of key guys on defense, especially at the linebacking core and in the defensive back groups. This season will be a success for Wisconsin if Mertz doesn't commit more interceptions and touchdowns. And I also believe Lott has to come on the shoulders on whether or not a new offensive coordinator, Bobby Ingram, can elevate this Badgers offense like he has elevated his two position groups in his years with the Baltimore Ravens. The Badgers' most critical game on schedule is September 24th when they come to the horseshoe. If they can somehow pull off that miracle win, it will jumpstart their season. I just don't see that happening. The Badgers are, and I'm being generous here, are a 10% threat level to Ohio State. The Wisconsin Badgers schedule, Vegas odds has them at eight and a half wins. Uh, First up, they have a home game September 3rd versus Illinois State. Uh, Second game is a home game September 10th versus Washington State. That's a win. September 17th versus New Mexico State. That's a win. Their first Big Ten game and their first away game is September 24th versus the Ohio State Buckeyes. They will lose that game. October 1st versus Illinois. That's a win. October 8th on the road versus Northwestern. That's a win. October 15th, going into East Lansing to play Sparty. I picked that as a loss. October 22nd against Purdue. I picked as a loss. November 5th 5th versus Maryland. That's a loss. November 12th, away game versus Iowa. That's a loss. November 19th versus Nebraska. I picked that as a loss. And then they finish up their season November 26th versus Minnesota. I have them winning that game. So overall, I have Wisconsin finishing at 6-6 six and six with a Big Ten record of 3-6. and six. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed. Keep calm and Buckeye on. All right, thank you, Jason, for that preview. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Badgers, shall we? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you speak first here since you just did the preview on them. You know, you've got them at, uh, what was it, 6-6? Six and six? Uh, Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's what I got them at. Um, I mean, they they could be a really good team, but with Graham Mertz, you just don't know what that guy's going to do. I mean, he burst on the scene in his first start and then you know he had the bad luck with the COVID that year but last year he was just awful and they they lost some key pieces in their offensive line I believe three of his main targets are all gone their best position group was their linebackers they lost pretty much all their production there um so I just I don't know I'm not sold on them but it is going to be pretty interesting with their new offensive coordinator and if he can be successful there like he was in Baltimore with his two position groups they might be pretty impressive on the offensive side I mean they do have that freshman all-american 
Chris, you got him a little bit uh, higher than uh, the Monk here. What do you think about uh, Whiskey's chances this year? I think they're a winning record team this year. I think they're a uh, a bowl game team. I think it's based on the strength of their defense. Like uh, like the Monk, I do have some questions about Graham Mertz. I do think that they win those first three uh, games versus uh, Illinois, Washington State, and or Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State. I do think that they lose to Ohio State. I think they got a couple wins after that, though, against Illinois and Northwestern, who were, you know, either one great teams. I think they'll probably drop to Sparty. I do see them upsetting Purdue, and I do call that an upset this year, um, where it may not have been in previous years. I think they go down to Maryland. I think they beat Iowa. I think they go down to Nebraska, and they close out with a win over Minnesota. So I'm a little higher on them than what Jason is. I think it's going to be defense-driven. You know, they had one of the top defenses in the country last year. I think they're still going to be a very, very good defense. Um, But I don't see them being capable of winning a Western division this year that has a much improved Nebraska, that has a Minnesota team that has a lot going for it right now, and that really has, uh, you know, I was still, you know, they were the, the winners of the West last year, and until you knock them off, they still are. So, so the Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska games, we have them flip flopped, and that's how I get Wisconsin to nine and three, and, and one game short of representing the West in Indianapolis. I love this defense. <laughs> I think Wisconsin, yeah, it's a great defense. I think Wisconsin defense is every bit as good as Iowa's. And I just think their running game is just going to be better than Iowa's. I I think Wisconsin knows who they are and they just accept it and they own it. So they're going to play 12 personnel. They're going to run the ball down your throat. And if you can stop it, then it's, you know, you're probably going to win. And if you can't, you're going to lose. And so I think there's a lot of defenses in the big 10 that are going to struggle with stopping that running game from Wisconsin. And I think defensively their defense is going to keep them in just about every single game, except for probably against Ohio state. So um, Even with all the pieces they lost on defense? They, they lost some pieces, but, dude, they've got some dudes back, man. Yeah, and, the uh, linebacker defensive end. I can't remember his name. Yeah, right? he yeah. is. An, is and he, in fact, I'm about to make a statement that some of you might think are crazy. If that guy played for Ohio State, he'd be our best defensive player right now. And offensively, I think they're going to start changing things up with this new coordinator. Cause well, that might spell well, that might spell terrible news then, in my opinion. Right. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm with you, you punk, I don't American running back. You run that kid till his legs fall off. Oh, they're, they're definitely going to use him, but with that guy's track record at what he, the record setting offenses that he had at Baltimore with those wide receivers and the tight ends, especially, uh, that's a little worrying, but it's going to be a couple years. I think before you really see it kind of take hold. Aaron, the Wisconsin Badgers brother, what you think? Yeah, I'm with I'm with Monk on that one. I think that it's it's going to take a couple years because you can't you can't come in with an old system, you know, those style of players and then just change it around. What Urban Meyer did at Ohio State in his first year, the foundation was kind of laid because Jim Tressel moved more toward uh, a, a a spread style anyway. So that you know, but this is that's that's not really the case with Wisconsin. So. We'll see what happens, I guess, in the coming years. But I've got them pegged at a seven or eight win season. I just 
I just I don't know. I think what helps them, I, I it's kind of flip a coin for me against Minnesota because they are at Camp Randall at the end of the year. Um, and you just never know about injuries either. They do have a good defense coming back, um, but that offense, I just, I got questions. And I'm not sold like you guys. I'm not sold on Graham Mertz yet. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I got them at like seven or eight wins. Uh, so that's that's pretty much where it is. I think this year the West is going to go to Minnesota or Iowa. All right, guys, there you have it. Those are your two days for this uh, this weekend. Next weekend is rivalry weekend. We're going to be talking about that team up north, and we're going to be talking about Penn State, which means your uh, your friendly fans from those two schools will probably be joining us, Mr. Sean Butler and Mr. Kevin Egan. We'll see how depressed Kevin Egan is, and we'll see if we can't cheer him up. And uh, we'll see how how uh, bo- uh, how boastful Sean is coming into the season after the win from last uh, year. So this ought to be a- <laughs> we have to, we have to give him his one celebration. He gets it so rarely. I know it. I know it. But if you, uh, this, uh, Muck knows all about it right now. He's had to live it for the last 200 and some days, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I just laugh it off now thinking about what's coming in November. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. As always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. And this ought to be interesting since there's three of you on this with me. Until next time, OH! I I owe. owe. (laughs) Go, Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise. And songs through armor while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat. Oh, winter's cold, the seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, yo. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.